Thank you for listening to Legalese. I'm your host, Mel Marie, and the podcast is a podcast that brings you truth, power, and awareness. And I hope you're all doing well and you're safe and uh, you're not too hot or cold or rainy or what have you. <laughs> um, so let's get started on hot topics. So there was a vote. The House approved measures to remove Confederate statues from the halls of the Capitol, and it moves to the Senate. All of the Democrats voted for it, and all of the no votes that were uh, received were by Republicans. And the vote was 285 to 120. The next topic is 4th of July. If you were in the U.S. and you celebrated it, I hope you enjoyed the fireworks and the food and whatever else things that you do and engage in. Um, it was very chill by me. <laughs> um, and so also Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton, they got married. So that was nice. He popped the question last October and there were pictures of their wedding and it was really nice. Her dress is beautiful. And so they got married last Saturday. And then the BET Awards occurred and uh, Just Jasmine Sullivan, her, Meg Thee Stallion, Giveon, SZA, um, and Silk Sonic were some of the winners that um, that won awards. Um, they, some of them, I think almost all of them performed except Giveon. Um, I know Kirk Franklin and Lil Baby did like the intro and then Meg did perform twice. Cardi performed, performed with the Migos and Jasmine performed with uh, Ari Lennox and it was amazing. Their, their song um, on it is a great listen. Next, um, if you bank with Wells Fargo, I feel bad for you, but uh, Wells Fargo is currently shutting down all existing personal lines of credit and is not offering uh, consumer lending products anymore. So, if, and now they sent out notices to their customers, basically giving them 60 day notice um, that their accounts will be basically shut down and that will affect their credit scores and any other, you know, banking information and personal information that they have. So if you have Wells Fargo or know someone who has Wells Fargo, please, please, please notify them to get a new bank and figure that out. Next topic, uh, President Joe Biden uh, said that the U.S. military mission in Afghanistan will conclude on August 31st, um, ending that 20-year mission. And I remember us talking about this months ago. I want to say beginning of the year when he was first inaugurated, um, that this was something that he was planning on doing. So luckily that is ending um, so our troops can be home. Next, uh, Cindy McLaughlin um, sets uh, the world record um, at 51.9 seconds and a 400 mil, I'm sorry, 400 meter hurdles. And um, yeah, I think, yeah. So she's like one of the fastest people in that. And also, what's the next thing? 
Um, oh, and then this happened last week, according with military. Sorry, the hot topics are everywhere. Um, the U.S. military has concluded airstrikes against what is to be facilities used by Iran-backed militia groups near the Iraq-Syria border. And the Pentagon said that the militias used the facilities to launch drone attacks um, on the troops in Iraq. And so that was like a big headline. There wasn't much debate about it or talk about it, but that was just something that I did see. Um, And next, that last week, the Gulf of Mexico caught on fire because of the pipeline that was occurring. And a lot of people were comparing it to a movie. I can't remember the name of the movie, but it was a sight to see. If you haven't seen it, you can Google it. It's very interesting demographic uh, thing to look at because you never assume fire in the ocean. But yeah, that that happened. Um, Also, last episode, I talked about Rudy Giuliani and how he was suspended from doing law in New York. Well, he is also suspended from practicing law in Washington. And this all stemmed back from him basically um, saying that the election was rigged. And so that happened. On to another topic. There is a person, his name is Eric Adams. He won the Democratic primary in the New York City's mayoral uh, race. And he was a former policeman. And he is apparently a centrist in his policies. So hopefully he can improve and help um, the city of New York and, yeah, and improve them. And lastly, on the hot topics, uh, Juvenile, actually, second to last, Juvenile created a song. He's like a, a big rapper in the early 2000s. And one of his like, popular songs is like Back That Ass Up. Um, he created a remix to that called Backs That Thing Up. And it was in partnership with, I can't remember, a company to promote um, vaccine use. And so he went on a news outlet and talked about um, how he created the song and how he wants people to get vaccinated and things like that. And lastly, there's a girl. I'm going to see if I can find her name. She is the first Black Spelling Bee champion. And I'm going to see if I can find her name. Champion. She's in like eighth grade. Her name is Zayla Avant Garde, and she's 14 years old, and she's from Louisiana, and she's the 2021 Scripps National Spelling Bee Champion. Um, Like I said, she's the first black person, so first black woman um, to do that. And she's also a basketball player. Is this what I'm seeing here? Interesting. Um, but yeah, congrats to her. So yeah, that's hot topics. It was really short <laughs> and um, give me one moment and we'll have a break and then I'll get to the actual story. Okay. So today we're going to talk about the down, the downfall of America's dad, Bill Cosby and the ripple effects of his actions in the lives of his alleged victims. Should he be free? We're going to have that conversation. So I'm just going to go over 
His cases span from the 60s to the early 2000s, so like five decades. And um, most of the places that he had many of this alleged assaults were in Los Angeles, uh, New York City, and Vegas. So I'm just going to read a couple of the assaults that happened over the past five decades and then go over what he did. So in the 60s, there was a lady. Her name was Carla Ferrigno. And she said that he did an attempted assault on her. And this occurred in 1967 in Los Angeles. And she claims that while they were on a date, I'm sorry, she claims that um, while on a date with a man who worked with the record industry, she was taken to a party at Bill Cosby's house. And in which her date and Cosby's wife left, leaving Cosby and her alone. And she said that Cosby forcefully grabbed and kissed her and repeatedly attempted to get her to drink before she tried to leave. In 1969, and also in LA, Joan Tarshish said that Bill raped her, and she claimed that he mixed her a drink while they were working together, and she awoke to him raping her. And she did try to publish her story in the 80s, but did not get much um, help with that. In the 70s, a lady named Victoria Valentino said that she was raped by Bill in 1970, also in LA. And she claimed that Bill offered her pills before um, driving her to his home. She said that she was somewhat conscious, but she was too drugged to like move her body um, away from him. And on the way home, he turned her over and raped her. And she, one of her friends confirmed that she, um, that the incident occurred and there was a videotape of that. And she did an interview regarding that incident with Bill in 1996. In 1960, I'm sorry, in 1976, in Las Vegas, a lady named Therese um, she claimed that this happened in Las Vegas. She claimed that Bill approached her at a Las Vegas Hilton hotel and where he was performing and asked her if she wanted to go to his shows. Uh, she attended that show, and afterwards, he gave her some quaaludes before raping her. And this is also important later on um, in his case in 2005. Um, but again, I'll talk about that a little bit later on. But Bill did admit that he gave her quaaludes, and then they had sex. And he also stated that he made payments to her in 1996. Okay, in the 80s, 
um, another woman named Beth Furrier. Furrier. I'm sorry with the names. Um, she said that she had a consensual relationship with Bill for several months. Um, but after breaking up with him, she she claims that he drugged her and she would when she visited him during one of his performances or shows in Denver. She claimed that she woke up in a car in a parking lot with her clothes like um, shoveled and and after uh, Bill offered her a cup of coffee. After, you know, he offered her a cup of coffee the night before. In 1982, Renita Hill claims that she was a part of a show with Bill. And she was 15 years old at the time. And she said that Bill made her consume drinks and she was, that made her unconscious until the next morning. And she basically said that she had a memory of Bill kissing her before she passed out. And he also paid, gave money to her. This lady, Miss Hill, after the situation happened. In the 90s, a woman named Eden Terry, I'm sorry, Tyrrell, Tyrrell, um, she's in, uh, this apparently happened in New York City. This was the year 1990. She was an actress and she guest starred on The Cosby Show with Belle. And she said that she was pulled off the set um, during taping and that Bill groped her inside of the dressing room. And she told the staffers what happened to her, but they basically ignored her regarding the situation. And that same year, also in New York, there's a lady, her name is Joel Allison. And she claimed that Bill invited her to his townhouse and offered her a glass of wine. And the next thing she remembers was seeing his semen on the floor. Um, she said that Bill helped her like get into a cab after the situation occurred. And she was one of the few black women that came up. Uh, speaking out against one of the instances that happened with Bill Cosby. In, 20, in 2000, also in New York City, um, Lachelle Covington, she said that she was an extra on uh, the sitcom with Bill, and she visited his townhouse, townhouse for career advice. And um, that he attempted to put his hand, put her hand on his, uh, <laughs> his penis. And then, um, coming, and then she reported also, she told the cops, the NYPD, about it, but no charges were filed. And in 2008, in Los Angeles, a lady by the name of Chloe Goines, um, she claimed that Cosby drugged and assaulted her at the Playboy Mansion in 2008. And 
there was no charges made regarding that incident. So we can all see that there was a similar pattern. Um, and we talked about this in our Let Us Pray episode um, in season one, that some people have patterns when it comes to harm, harming other people. And his routine was that he would promise women mentorship, career advice, and um, assistance. Um, and sometimes this would be before pushing them into sexual acts or giving them drinks. Um, or like we said, like they all said in the deposition, either taking them to a secluded place or to secluded room um, separate from other people or where eyes could see them. And he tried to use financial, you know, information or financial, I guess, access to either keep them quiet or remove stories from the press. Again, like we said, some of the women were reporting this in the 80s and 90s, but none of that came to light until uh, later on. And so he was asked for, about the Quaaludes in his deposition. Um, and he said that to get women to relax, he would use Quaaludes or things regarding things similar to that to calm them down. And a Quaalude is no longer a drug on the market. It was removed, um, but it was a sedative. And it's also a hypnotic, has hypnotic properties. And so it induces sleep and inhibits um, body movements. So it's perfect drug to use if that, to assault someone if you were, if one was going to. And in his deposition, he was asked about the quaaludes. And this is what he said. He said, what was happening at the time was that Quaaludes happened to be the drugs that kids and young people were using to party with. And there were times when I wanted to have them just in case. And so another question was asked, and that was, when you got the Quaaludes, what, was it in your mind that you were going to use these Quaaludes for young women that you wanted to have sex with? And he responded with the answer, yes. Okay, so this is when the big case starts. So in 2002, Andrea Constant, she's from Canada, and she came to America to pursue uh, a basketball coaching career at Temple University in, Phil in Philadelphia. And so she met Bill there. She was 29 at the time, and she was introduced to him via a mutual friend. And so over the course of 14 months, uh, they had what she thought was a mental relationship. Bill said that he invited her to his home and he talked to her about a personal situations that she was going through, going, you know, dealing with in her life, growth, education, um, thoughts on how to uh, assert herself and have a more aggressive attitude and protecting her business, things like that. Well, uh, on January 2004, and this is from uh, Andrea's perspective of what happened, she said that uh, she went over to Bill's home and that he gave her what she said was uh, herbal medication. 
And his words, he said it was Benadryl medication. And after taking the pill, she says she felt uh, incapacitated and she couldn't speak or move her body. And then she said that Bill was fondling her breasts and he put her, uh, put his hands on her uh, body, her, you Trying to pe- he penetrated her vagina with his fingers, and he took her right hand and placed it on his penis. And this is what was uh, put in the affidavit. Constant, uh, well, Andrea, she was gay, well, is gay. And so she never thought or viewed Bill in a sexual or romantic way. And so she only thought of him as a mentor and was taken aback by what he did. Bill, on his perspective, said that he arranged an intimate meal with uh, Andrea at his home, and he said it was completed with cognac, dim lights, and a fire. He said that he led her to his back porch out of sight from his chefs, and he said that he... um, He said he took her hair, and he would put it, like, in her... behind her, you know, move it from her face... Uh, He said that he was talking to her about relaxing and being strong. And he said, come in. I quote, and I said to her, come in, meaning her body. He said that he didn't want to have like, or he tried to not have intercourse because he didn't want women to fall in love with him. But his, but this is his statements regarding sexual intercourse. Sexual intercourse is something that I feel the woman will succumb to more of a romance and more of a feeling, not love, but it's deeper than a playful situation. Take that as you will. And then regarding Andrea and their uh, the incident that happened between them, he said, Uh, Him and Andrea were playing sex, we're playful, petting, we're playing. He said that he gave her one and a half tablets of Benadryl to relieve her stress. And he said that they kissed and the sexual contact and had sexual contact. And he said that the reason he was giving her or offered her medication Um, What she took after examining them was because she was talking about stress. In the deposition, when asked about his permission to have sex with her, i.e. consent, the question was, so you're not telling us that you verbally asked her for permission? He retorts, I didn't say it verbally, I said the action in my hand on her midriff, on her midriff, sorry, um, which is skin. I'm not lifting any clothing up. This is, I don't remember fully what it is, but it's there and I can feel it. I got her skin and it's just above the hand and it's just above where you go under the pants. The next question, then what happens? He responds, I didn't hear her say anything. And I didn't, I don't feel her say anything. And 
So I continue and I go into the area that is somewhere between permission and rejection and I am not stopped. Okay, well, so after this incident occurred, Andrea's mom said that she saw a change. Andrea's mom's name is Gianna. And she says she saw a change in her daughter's personality and that she was isolating herself from her friends and her family. So Gianna attempted to find out what was going on, but Andrea didn't really want to respond to her and tell her what was happening. On January 13th in 2005, a year and change later, Andrea told her mom about the assault. And so Gianna called Bill, but she could not reach him and she got a voicemail. And she left a message stating that she reported him to the police in Canada, Ontario, Canada. And um, he called back three days later. And when he called them back, Gianna back, they were on the phone for two hours. And this is what some of the conversation went. Gianna said, I want to know the truth. What you, what did you do to my daughter? And she said, this is a mother's worst nightmare. And she also said, I don't know how long it's going to take Andrea to heal. And I don't know how long it's going to take me to heal. Apparently in this conversation, Bill apologized and said, what can I do? And Gianna responded, nothing. Your apology is enough. So uh, Bill also uh, promised to send Gianna a copy of the prescription of what he gave to Andrea. He said, again, he said it was Benadryl. He did not, he never sent it to her. And afterwards, he decided to pay or he offered to pay uh, money for Andrea's grad school because of the incident that occurred. Now, in the deposition, when regarding the conversation regarding pills and Andrea's mom, he was asked um, about, hey, why didn't you tell homegirl, why didn't you send, tell the mom about the pills? Like, what, why didn't you send it to her? Or tell her what you, what you was given to her. His response, because we're over the phone and I'm not sending anything, the pill bottle, over the mail and I'm not giving anything, I'm not giving away anything. Another question, why didn't you simply tell her that you had um, given her daughter over-the-counter medication called Benadryl? Bill said, I'm not going to argue with somebody's mother who is accusing me of something and then I apologize. And then when I apologize, she says to me, that's all I wanted to know, Bill. And I'm apologizing because I'm thinking this is this dirty old man um, was with a young girl. I apologized. I said to the mother, it was a digital penetration, which is like finger penetration, if you didn't know. So Andrea's legal team, they tried to take him to court and they said that it would be better if, if there wasn't much evidence or um, 
that it would be better if he if she tried to like try to get monetary gain from it and um, because it happened over like a year um from the when the incident occurred so they went to court and bill's legal team made a, an agreement with the state district attorney whose name is Bruce Castor, and he's Bruce Castor worked um, with the last administration as well. He's pretty popular. Um, and so anyway, with this current case, he said that if Bill just admitted to everything, he he would not be prosecuted for what happened with him and Andrea. So that's what he did. So the district attorney finds a insufficient, credible, and admissible evidence exists upon any charge against Mr. Cosby and could be sustained beyond a reasonable doubt. And that is what they issued. That is what they said regarding that case with Bill. And then they made another statement. And they said, in addition, the district attorney, Castor, applied the rule of rules of evidence governing whether or not evidence is admissible. Evidence may be inadmissible if it, if it is too remote in time to be considered legally relevant or if it was illegally obtained pursuant to the Pennsylvania law. After this analysis, the district attorney concludes that the conviction under the circumstances of this case would be unattainable. As such, district attorney Castro declines to authorize the filing of criminal charges in connection with this matter. However, the detectives could find no instance in Bill, Bill Cosby's past where anyone complained to law enforcement of conduct which could constitute uh, the criminal offense. Okay, so to summarize everything, rule of evidence is going to be our word of the day or phrase of the day. And that basically it encompasses any rules or principles that govern the proof of facts in a legal proceedings. And that could be uh, real evidence such as a weapon. It could be Demonstrative, so having two people act out a scenario or that crime scene. It could be a document, a documentary, uh, whether there's a letter or text that was proof of the crime that was being committed and or testimonial, which is a witness. So now let's fast forward almost 10 years later in the spring of 2015, I want to say Hannibal Burris, he's like a comedian. He basically ignited the whole thing. He had a comedy show and he was basically talking about how Bill Cosby is a rapist in one of his segments. And um, that at that point, women were coming out and basically telling their story. And so several women were saying publicly what happened to them. In July, uh, a federal judge in Philadelphia, he unseals the portions of the of Cosby's dis deposition from 2005. And basically, it had a memorandum that contained excerpts from the, 
from the deposition and where he talked about like the quaaludes and it was prohibited from being released because of the confidentiality clause that was part of the settlement agreements um, that he had in 2005 when he first did it. Um, okay, so in t- also in July, the Montgomery District Attorney, um, her name is Risa, their name is Risa Verdi Furman, reopens that case that cons- uh, Andrea was talking about or regarding her claims. In August, investigators went to Toronto to re-interview her about the assault. In November of 2015, uh, Kevin Steele becomes the new district attorney, and he basically takes place from where Castor was. He took his place. In December of uh, 2015, Steele he na- announced that he was going to charge. <laughs> he announced that he was going to charge uh, a felony, indecent assault against a uh, bill, and he was arrested. Bill was arrested and was released after posting at least one hundred thousand dollars of his one hundred. I'm sorry, of his one million dollar bail. So he pays, let me repeat again, he posted at least $100,000 of his $1 million bail. So after that, Bill's lawyers were like, they're going, he shouldn't have been charged, this is not okay, and they want him to be exonerated. Next year, January 2016, um, there's a no persecution agreement um, between Castor and Cosby becomes public. People find out that he, in the deposition, he was able to tell everything without being charged. But the deal was not done in writing. So that was a conflict of, a conflict of interest. In February 2016, um, a Montgomery judge rejects uh, Bill Cosby's motion to dismiss the uh, assault case. And then in May 2016, the Phil, I'm sorry, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court denies Bill's request to halt proceedings while they review the charges against him. And so they, Bill wanted to basically like delay the hearings um, as he pursued a pretrial appeal. Also that month, he appears in court for the preliminary hearing. And this is where the first evidentiary hearing in the sexual assault case and where he is ordered to stay in trial. In July, the judge rules that the case against Bill can proceed without a pretrial testimony from Andrea. However, during this time, Bill and his lawyers are trying to get the case dismissed because his accuser um, was not called to testify at the May hearing. And then October, the Pennsylvania... Yeah. Okay. Yes. So in October, the Pennsylvania... Superior Court rejects Bill's attempt to 
halt the proceedings because prosecutors uh, relied on statements from Andrea um, that she gave to the police instead of calling her uh, to testify in the May proceedings. So his attorneys wanted the charges dropped or a new hearing because Andrea is now forced to testify in the situation. In December, uh, Bill loses uh, the major legal battle, and um, when his judge, when the judge rules that the prosecutors can tell jurors about the damaging um, testimonies and activities that Bill was getting involved with, including drugs, offering drugs to women that he wanted to seduce, and each of the scenarios that he did with the women that he assaulted allegedly, the ruling means. Um, Okay, so that de deposition that happened in 20, I'm sorry, in 2005 can now be reopened and used in court. And so that's what happened. Um, in December, again, um, over, the prosecutors were going to use the 13 women that he allegedly assaulted. And so I'm gonna play a quick video about uh, some of the things that the women were saying that he did to them. Drugged. The first to come forward publicly, Barbara Bowman. I never saw any drugs, but I would wake up um, completely confused, half-dressed, and knowing that my body had been touched without my permission. Also speaking out, Joan Tarshish. We went up to his uh, bungalow afterwards. He made me a drink, and very shortly after that, I just, I passed out. Um, I woke up or came to very groggily with him removing my underwear. Tarsha says that in 1969, she voluntarily saw Cosby again when he invited her to a performance after accepting drinks at his hotel and in a limo. She says she woke up the next morning with him in his bed. Ironically, Cosby released a comedy album that same year entitled, It's True, It's True joking about doctoring drinks you know what you know anything about spanish fly no tell me about it. well there's this girl crazy mary you put some in her drink man she... so you heard how he the whole thing about some of the women's stances what occurred with them and uh in the situation in the situations they had with bill and you also heard him make a joke regarding him actually using the met you know the Quaaludes or the Spanish fly as he called it. So in April, 2017, um, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court declines to take uh, Bill's appeal of the judge's decision, allowing prosecutors to rely on police statements rather than the direct testimony from Constant in the preliminary hearing. In May, 2017, the jury is selected and they are beginning trial. Um, he was convicted of aggravated indecent assault in 2018, and he served two, year, two years and nine months, and he was released this past week. Why he was released? Well, not because he was innocent, but because of that agreement that was made in 2005 when he did his deposition. So it was on technicality. The Supreme Court found that the district attorney, Kevin Steele, again, who took 
the place of but Brian Castor, um, who originally made that decision to arrest Bill Cosby, should have stood by his predecessor's agreement over the civil case. That is why he is released, not because he's innocent. Um, and so the court said that said justice and fair play and decency um, requires that the district attorney's office stand by the decision of Castor. So that was the loophole, and that's why he is free. So knowing all of this, um, I hope you can make your decision now and decide if he is guilty in your mind or if he is innocent in your mind. Um, again, there have been over 60 women who have explained and similar situations that they've had with him. Um, some may be groping, Others it was just drugging. Some have that been rape. So again, maybe some of them are lying. Maybe that all of them are innocent or maybe all of them are telling the truth, but they can't all be lying. I, I do believe that a lot of the women or majority of the women are telling the truth. They have similar stories, so. Now I hope you are able to make your decision regarding Bill and his actions. So as we close, um, the song of the week is going to be Save a Kiss by Jessie Ware. She is like a disco, like pop type of artist. She's amazing. Um, highly recommend. And check us out on Apple, Spotify, Pocket Cast. Um, what else are we on? I don't know. Breaker. I'm sorry. Breaker and other places. I, I don't know. You can search us up. You, you can find us. Um, uh, have a great day. Have a great night. Have a great weekend. Be safe. Bye. <laughs>